reveals the mind of God. You know, it's all about wisdom. And the Psalms is the heart of God. So I was excited when I was invited to be a part of your summer. And I was excited to see that all the messages were from Psalms. And I was excited when I got to be the closing one. And so I've been looking forward to this all summer. I have uh, did an overhead. And uh, we'll have two slides that go with each word. And this first word for praise is halal. By the way, that's the name that hallelujah comes from. I was so excited when our very first song we sang was hallelujah for the cross. Reason to praise the Lord. How many can remember singing the chorus? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah, that's what it means. Praise the Lord. And so this particular word that's mentioned 16 times, four times in chapter 149 and a dozen in 150. Here's what it means, to be clear, originally of sound. So we want to speak clearly, praise the Lord clearly. But it's actually of color, isn't that interesting? Our praise should be colorful. I mean, after all, he made a colorful creation, didn't he? I so enjoyed my drive in here from Balsam. And just down the road from here, I saw several red maples. All red already. Fall is my favorite season. So he made a colorful creation. Our praise should also be colorful. To shine. Why should our praise shine? Because we're reflecting back to him what he shines upon us. Think of Moses. When he went in the presence of God, that Shekinah glory, he reflected it when he came out. And it was so bright that he had to put a veil over his face. Because it was like looking into the sun or brighter for the people of Israel. He was reflecting the glory of being in God's presence. So our praise should shine. Hence to make us show, to boast. We're boasting in God. Thus to be clamorously foolish. So what does that mean? Well, think of a sports event. People, they jump all, when teams celebrate, they jump on each other, they just, they go crazy. They pour water on each other, Gatorade. I mean, maybe we won't go to that extent in church, right? Might get the chairs kind of wet, let alone the people. But that's what it's talking about, is to really all out celebrate. Give praise to God. To rave, to celebrate, to commend. And so, I don't really know Hebrew. I just use a Strong's Concordance to look up these words. And so I use King James and a concordance that comes with that, but I encourage you to use whatever version you have. Billy Graham answered the question when he was asked, what's the best version of the Bible? He said, the one that's read. It don't do no good if it's just for show, if it's sitting on the shelf. 
The one that you read, the one that you're going to read and understand, that's the, that's the best one for you. To celebrate, commend glory. Again, the glory of God. We're just reflecting it back, giving praise that he's worthy. So this first word for praise is in the very first um, verse. Praise ye the Lord. By the way, ye, in, in the old English, it, it means you, but specifically, all of you. I looked it up in Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary. That's my favorite dictionary. You know why? Well, first of all, it was written by American, a great American in 1828, and it was an American who knew the Lord. And he backs up a lot of his definitions with Scripture. So if you need a good dictionary, a high recommend Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary and he says ye is, uh, is in the singular whereas thou is excuse me ye is plural thou so thy and thine that's singular that's why so often when you're addressing God because he's one God even though it's God the Father Son and Holy Spirit three persons in one it's one God that's why we often say thou but anyways, even in 1828, he said that this was reserved for sacred and solemn style. He says, but even back then, he says, in common discourse and writing, you is exclusively used. So even back then, in 1828, people weren't speaking like that. Even though they were using the old King James, they, were, they, weren't, they weren't really speaking like that. But it's fun to see what words mean. And that's why I like to look up. I mean, most churches, Christian churches, and I would hazard a guess it's in yours, that we believe in the inspired word of God in the original writings. And so I like to go back to the original. Hebrew is the original for Psalms, and Greek for the New Testament. And, and some also Chaldean in some of the Old Testament. But anyways, let's look at all the words that are translated halal, this, these definitions for praise. So, the word halal is there in verse 1, just the first praise. And then skip down to verse 3, let them praise his name in the dance. We're celebrating, like it says, even in dance, to rave. And uh, let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and heart, making music in praise. Verse 6, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their sand. So one, one part of our bodies is praising God and another part is ready for battle. And Nehemiah is a good, the book of Nehemiah, if you read that, you'll see that example, how the people of Israel rebuilt the wall and yet they had their weapons by their side in case the enemy attacked while they were building the wall. So that's scriptural. Verse 9. Praise ye the Lord at the end of verse 9. So there's four times this word halal is used in the Psalm 149. Then in Psalm 150 it's full of it a dozen times. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Isn't there a song that says that too? The chorus we sing that we all know since we we're children. Praise him, praise him. Right? Remember that one? 
Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. I just love orchestras, symphonies that give praise, that join in. So I love it when we have music up here that lead us in, in singing. Praises to the Lord. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high soundings. Then in verse 6, which is our key verse, it's on the front of our bulletin. It says, Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye, all of you, the Lord. So, when shall we praise the Lord? Whenever we're breathing. And if we're not breathing... Physically, we can no longer, our body, praise Him. But if we know the Lord, that's what we're going to be doing for eternity, is praising the Lord. So just what we do right now is good practice for what we're going to be doing in eternity. Okay, if you were paying close attention, you notice I skipped the second praise that's in verse 1 of Psalm 149. So we're going to look at the next slide. See, that's what I just said. There were 16 times that first praise, halal, was in these two chapters. And at one time it uses a different praise. In the same verse of verse 1, the second time praise is mentioned is Tehillah. And by the way, this, this isn't necessarily the way you spell Tehillah in Hebrew, but that's the way you pronounce it. So every time I write a Hebrew word, I'm just writing phonetically how you pronounce it. Tehillah. It means laudation, especially in a hymn. So in other words, it's putting the praise to singing. Let's look at verse 1 again. Psalm 149. Praise ye the Lord. And that was that first word. Halal. And now. Sing ye. Sing ye unto the Lord a new song. His praise. Tehillah. Putting it in music. In song. In the congregation of the saints. We're corporately singing all together. That's That's scriptural. So, by what we did already in church is very scriptural. It's what God wants. It says that's what we should do. Sing unto the Lord a new song in his praise in the congregation of saints. Okay, so first word was praise. Two different Hebrew words. Now, who's the focus of our praise? It's the Lord. And we're going to look at two names for Lord. Lord is, has other names as well. For example, the Lord Jesus. But here, in Psalm 149, 1a and 9, and 151 and 6, the translation is Yaja, the sacred name. As you know, they, they, old Hebrews, they didn't even speak it. It was so sacred and revered. Jah, the name most vehement. A God to be feared. Okay, let's look at these verses. Psalm 149, 1a. Praise ye the Lord, the sacred name, the most vehement. And verse 9. Again, praise ye the Lord. And look at it. It followed up with the verses where it talked about, verse 6, a two-edged sword to execute vengeance upon the heathen, punishments unto the people, bind their kings. Isn't this the kind of God you want on your side? I mean, look at when we have radical Islam on the loose today. They're trying to 
destroy and eliminate Christianity where they now radical Islam is trying to take control like Iraq terrible persecution it is right to defend against that I have a son that's a marine and one day he may be called to go do that he is currently in training he's gonna he's a pilot he'll he's to get his wings in December and uh, he's he will then he's in Texas Corpus Christi right now but he'll be going to North Carolina when he gets his wings and be learning to fly the Osprey and that's the the airplane that can go up and down like a helicopter and yet also fly fast like an airplane because the Marines are first in and out and so he will definitely be in harm's way should they be called to do that and I'm so thankful that he loves the Lord but he's willing if he's called by our country to go battle evil to do that me personally I've never served I thank you for all you that have served I three three of my four brothers also served in the military the other one wasn't able to because he was uh, my fourth born brother who's now in, in heaven had Down syndrome so he would not be eligible to serve in the military and God chose me for the civil service I spent 34 and a half years in the post office so I retired postmaster of Deer River Groundhog Day of 2012 and God has now called me to be an Awana missionary but anyways my sword then is not a weapon this is my sword the sword of spirit sharper than any two-edged sword able to divide asunder even soul and spirit and so this is my weapon okay look at verse 1 of Psalm 150 praise ye the Lord praise God in his sanctuary praise him in his firmament his power let verse 6 then again the summary for these two chapters let everything every person that hath breath praise the Lord praise ye the Lord the sacred name the Lord most vehement he is worthy of our praise our praise he needs to be the focus we talked about that um, our praise how it's to shine and be vocal and colorful but it's not to draw attention to us that is a good test of what is good music good music should draw our attention and praise to God not to the performer so that leads us to the next one let's go to the next slide oh the one after this but let's do this the other name for the Lord see how it's a little different Jehovah the self-existent or eternal Jehovah the Jewish national name of God Jehovah the Lord and this this is the the Hebrew for the word Lord now see if we're just reading English we don't know that it's just Lord so that's why I like looking at this so look at verse 1b so even in the same verse we had the other name for Lord the sacred name the most vehement was the first part of verse 1 but the second part says sing unto the Lord a new song his praise in the congregation of the saints um, so the second one it says sing unto the Lord 
We're singing unto the self-existent or eternal. And verse 4. So it, why does he use two names for Lord in the same verse? I don't know. One thing is it's good when we give praise to God. It's good. Like when we commend one another. For example, in the post office, I was a manager most of my career. And one of the things I was taught as a manager is you look for things good that people are doing well. It's easy to notice things they're not doing, what they're supposed to. So I was taught to, to look for what they're doing well and to commend them. Well, God is doing a lot of things well. He's the creator, he's the protector. And so the more we can praise him, the more different names we can use. That's why it's a neat study on the names of God. He's our provider, Jehovah Jireh. He's our protector, all these things. God is our salvation. So it's appropriate that he used a couple of different names. They're in the same verse of verse, verse 1. And now in verse 4, For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. How fitting it is to use this name, the self-existing one. He's taking pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Here he's self-existent. He's the great I am. He doesn't need anything. But he takes pleasure in us. So much so that he sent his son to die for us. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's what it says. He beautifies the meek with salvation. Meek rhymes with weak, but it's just the opposite of weak. Meek is strength under control. You can be a very strong person and be meek. Moses was very meek. He didn't want to go to Pharaoh. He wanted God to send someone else. And he kept making up excuses and so forth. But he went and he was bold when he did go. Meekness is strength under control. We need to humble ourselves, be meek. And that might be the word your translation uses, humble. I think that's what the NIV used. It says God gives grace to the humble in John, John James 4, 6. That's how we get salvation is we admit we're a sinner. Romans three twenty three. for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We know the consequence. Romans six twenty three. for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. As we humble ourselves, admit we're sinners, admit we cannot get to God on our own. All right, let's go to the next slide. Psalm 149.1. We're going to look at the word new. Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. And his praise in the congregation. And I pondered that. You know, what does that mean, a new song? Does that mean after we've used a song, we don't sing it anymore? We want a new one? No. What it means is it should be new in us. It should be like it says, fresh, kadosh, fresh. And that word kadosh, notice, comes from a very similar smell, spelling, kadash. Fresh new thing is kadash, came from kadash, to be new, to rebuild, to renew. Well, that's what happened to us. We had an old man, and it needed to be rejuvenated through Jesus Christ. The next verse, next slide from the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, and therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, a new creature. 
old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And here in the Greek, kahinos, again, it's the same meaning as in Hebrew, freshness. So, whether we sing a brand new song that somebody just wrote or in recent history or a song written many years ago, it should be fresh. It should be new. I mean, that's the danger. Just this week, my daughter-in-law, Jessica, posted on Facebook an article that Billy Graham wrote answering somebody who wrote him and asked. In fact, she was kind of complaining. Whoever wrote the letter said, they keep singing all these new songs in church that I don't know. They don't sing the songs that, that I love and have sung for years. We don't sing them anymore. Billy Graham's answer is, what's important is the message. We, we are a new creation in Christ. Whether it's an old song or a new song, it should be new and we should be proclaiming the new life in Christ we have. So it isn't so much the song, but is it new? Is it proclaiming something new in us? Fresh. That song should be fresh. Here's the example I gave before, and I'll give it again. Just this last Sunday, you know, in our church at Boston Bible Chapel, we sing a lot of new choruses and songs, just as you do, and a lot of on overhead like that. But last week, pastor had to sing some hymns out of the hymnal. The first song we sang was, He Lives. Well, that just so happens to be my favorite hymn since I was a boy. I got saved in Awana 50 years ago. That's one of the reasons I have a heart for Awana. Because that's where I got saved. That's where I met my Savior. And I learned, we sang this song in Awana. We sang it in church. And it, it was, it, it, it's my testimony I serve a risen Savior. He, I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. See, that song is my testimony. It's so even though I hadn't sung it in years, that brought joy to my heart because that's a song that meant a lot to me when I first became a Christian and when I was tempted and when I was scared as a boy. I would sing that song to remind myself he's walking with me. And it, and it confirms when I read his word, he's talking to me. And it's my testimony. I know he's living. He's answered prayer. He is real. See, that's what, that's what our songs, our praise needs to be. It needs to be fresh and new. Whether it's old or new song, that don't matter. Is it new to us? Are we celebrating newness, our new life in Christ? All right, let's go to the next one. So we, the saints, call seed. The saints is the godly man or woman, person. Good, holy, not good in self. For there is none righteous, no, not one. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who could know it? 
but it's those who are made good or holy, sanctified through Jesus Christ. He makes us new. It's by his mercy. We don't, we don't deserve heaven. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, Titus 3, 5, but according to his mercy, he saved us. In Sparks, Acts 16, 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's how we're saved, is trusting Christ's finished work on the cross. So that's who the saints are. So even, you know, I'm not a preacher, I'm a missionary, and I'm a lay person. So I can't have a theological argument with anyone. But you know what? If you can be argued into Christianity, somebody can argue you right out of it. It's the Holy Spirit. It's his word. Conviction comes through the Holy Spirit. His word does the convicting. And I love this saying. There's one interpretation of scripture. There's one what it means. But there's many applications. So I'm giving you an application. Yes, this is Old Testament. But look at our application as saints through Jesus Christ Let's look at it in the light of that at verse 1, 5, and 9. Singing unto the Lord a new song. His praise in the congregation of the saints, the believers. Uh, verse 5. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. And verse 9. To execute upon them the judgment written, This honor have all his saints, all his believers. Praise ye the Lord. We are the ones, are the believers that should be, that need to be testifying, praising God. Testifying to the world and praising God together, encouraging one another, giving our praise to God. Let's go to the next slide. This is the gospel in a nutshell. This is what we teach in Awana. We use a tool called the gospel wheel. And right in the center of that gospel wheel are these two verses. Paul says, for I have delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for your sins according to the scriptures, the word of God, and that he was buried, and that he arose again the third day according to scripture. That's the gospel right there. That's how we become a saint, a believer. And we as saints need to be all about praising the Lord. Okay, next, next word. Joyful. This goes then. It should be a joy because what did he do for us? Everything. We were dead. We were miserable. We were on our way to hell. So joyful. Yes, it's appropriate. Gil, ghoul, spin around. That's what a joyful means. We're giving praise under the influence of the violent emotion of joy. That is usually rejoice or cringing fear, be glad. How does that go together? Cringing fear and then joy? Well, think, I, I like sports. You ever notice a tense moment if your team is so close? Are they going to get the touchdown? Or are they going to make the point at the buzzer in basketball or in baseball? That's my favorite team sport. It, you know, two outs, the bottom of the ninth. Bases loaded for the other team. 
It could, you see they, the, how they pan pictures of people being tense in the crowd. Fear. It's going to lose a game? What's that to be fear about? Well, we got plenty to be fear. Hell. But we don't need to be fear once we're a Christian. But now that we have Christ, we need to share that love so that our loved ones, our fellow people around us, one of the things that God's convicted me of more to think about, because I can think of many times I've wasted opportunities. I need to consider every person I meet as a divine appointment. This is my prayer to God. That every person I meet is a divine appointment set up by him. And so my praise, they should be able to see that I love the Lord very early in the conversation. And I should never assume that they're not going to be interested. It's better for me to start sharing. And yeah, if they want to say no and shut me off, fine. But it is sad. It brings sadness in my heart when I think of all the opportunities I've just let go by. If I'm joyful, if I'm rejoicing in his salvation and what he's done for me, I'm going to want to tell others. Just like I love fishing too. I like to tell stories of the times, fun times I've had fishing. But as much as I like sports, as much as I like fishing, I like telling people about Jesus and what he's done for me more than anything because that brings the best joy. Sports is fun. Fishing is fun. And I still have that fun. But the real joy is what he's doing in my life, that he's changed my life. The Lord has blessed my wife and I with seven children. And, and I'm so thankful that God impressed upon me that I am the one spiritually responsible for my children. Yes, we took them faithfully to church. Yes, we put them in Awana. And they, went, they were involved in Awana, all six of my boys from cubbies age three all the way through high school in Awana. They've memorized over 800 verses while they were in Awana. But they also were learned to serve. And thankfully, they all are serving the Lord. And now my daughter at age 12. But, and they know that God is real in my life and in my, their mom's life. They see the joy that he brings as we testify. Let's go to the next one. Another word for joyful. To jump for joy. Praise God. To exalt, be joyful, rejoice. Verse 5. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. And see, that's the caution that Billy Graham was offering. He said, nothing wrong with the old hymns. But if they're so familiar that you're just mouthing the words and, and you're not even thinking about what you're saying, 
What difference is that? Now, he didn't say this, but I'm going to add this. Think of the Pharisees. That's who God, that's who Jesus got most angry with because it was empty tradition and religion that they were promoting and living. We need to have a personal relationship that's so exciting it should be easy for someone to see. Do we have one more slide or is that the end? I don't remember. That's the end. So let's close in prayer and then we're going to close in another song of praise. Father, I thank you for this time in your word. I thank you that you are a God so worthy of praise. If there's anyone here today that personally doesn't know you as Savior, I pray they would seek a saint here in the congregation, somebody who already knows you personally. I would love to talk to them if they want to talk to me, but there's plenty of other saints. I pray that they would not leave this place without further discussing what it means to be a Christian and that they would go on home rejoicing to thank you for what you did, Jesus dying on a cross for our sins. May we have the joy that you so deserve and the praise that you so deserve. Thank you. We don't deserve the joy, but it's just, it bubbles over because what you did for us. We thank you in Jesus' name.